0: Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. We continue our fall sermon series, Hometown Exiles. We are called to life of goodness, and Peter says two things happen when we live out that life. One, goodness will multiply, and two, we will suffer because of our goodness. You're listening to Hometown Exiles, Suffering for Righteousness, by Guest Minister, Reverend Dwayne Kelderman. It is good to be with you today. My scripture reading today is 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 18. These verses, as you know, are part of a series of sermons that's been taking place at LaGrave. I feel like I have to point that out because I don't think I would have the courage to choose to preach on these verses today. If I were making the choice, I am almost afraid to read these verses, much less to preach on them, because they are so timely, and they so radically call us to Christ and to His new way of life. I think you'll hear these verses more clearly as I read them if I explain to you ahead of time that the big question I faced as I studied these verses this week is, is this a passage about goodness or is this a passage about suffering? I decided that it is first of all a passage about goodness. More specifically, what happens when goodness flourishes? Hear the Word of God beginning at verse 8 of 1 Peter 3. And I'll insert some explanatory comments as I read now so that we don't have to come back to many of these things. Finally, all of you, Peter says. He's been talking first to slaves and then to wives and then to husbands. Now he says all of you. This is a word for all of you. He says, be like-minded. Imagine that. Look for what unites you, not what divides you. Be sympathetic suffer with people don't add to their suffering love one another there are so many things that aren't clear in the Bible but one thing is clear we are to care for one another as much as we care for ourselves and love one another and care for their welfare as much as we care for our own welfare be compassionate, suffer with, and be humble, not proud, not arrogant. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. As Neil Planinga says, cut the loop of evil, stop the cycle. Repay evil with blessing. Why? Because to this you were called. This is who you are. This is your calling. This is what in Christ people do so that you may inherit a blessing. Peter says, let's replace the evil-for-evil loop, the insult-for-insult loop, with another loop, a blessing loop. And now he goes on to describe what that blessing-for-blessing loop looks like by quoting Psalm 34. For whoever would love life and see good days, who among us doesn't want to love life and see good days? Well, here's the formula. You must keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Not war, not division, not hatred, but peace. That's the pursuit of those In whom goodness dwells. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, the good, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now he asks this intriguing question, verse 13 Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? The implied answer to that question seems to be well, no one. If you do good to others, they'll do good to you, right? Not quite. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats, the people who will harm you for doing good. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Don't make it an argument, a debate, make it your testimony. Your story, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Peter says that gentleness disarms, it melts evil and malice. The proverb says, you know, that gentleness can break a bone. So powerful is gentleness and respect. It can cut the loop of evil. This is so radical, so life-changing, so world-changing. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. If you're going to suffer, Peter says, you might as well suffer for doing good as opposed to suffering for doing evil. For doing the right thing, not the wrong thing. And then he ties it all together in the last verse. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Thanks be to God for his word. What happens when goodness flourishes? That's the question that I think this passage answers. What happens in life? What happens to people in marriages, in families, to churches, to whole societies, when goodness flourishes? There may be a dozen answers to that question, but I think Peter gives just these two. First, Peter says, it creates more goodness. Goodness creates more goodness. It's contagious, When you are a blessing to others, others bless you, and God blesses you. When you truly give, you get back more than you give. When you treat people with gentleness and respect, they will treat you with gentleness and respect. There are these ongoing, never-ending loops in life. Either the loop of evil or this loop of goodness, of blessing. And they both feed on themselves. As Peter says, when Christ suffered and died for us, he broke the loop of evil. By God's grace, we can die to this loop of evil in which we're trapped and rise anew into a loop of goodness, of blessing. I wish I could introduce you all to Tish Patterson, a member of Neyland Church, where I belong, a widow of Reverend Virgil Patterson, who was a CRC pastor decades ago and who died decades ago. Tish lives in the loop of goodness. Oh, she's experienced evil. 80 plus years of racism and injustice. In the south, here in Grand Rapids, her daughter died a violent death. But Tish doesn't return evil for evil she embodies this gentleness and respect that Peter says shames evildoers, that melts evil. Tish is not weak, she is not passive to injustice, but her goodness creates more goodness even as it blunts evil. And of course, she would be the first to say that it's not her goodness, but the life and love and fruit of Christ in her. By contrast, I used to have a neighbor at Big Star Lake where we have a cottage who was one of the most cantankerous people I know he could turn a perfectly sunny day into a thunderstorm in a minute. Several years ago, he was going through a terrible divorce. And he said to me, you know, Dwayne, he said, I've gotten screwed over by two business partners and two wives. Can you believe it? Four people have ripped me to shreds in my life. I wanted to say, oh, Bob, Bob, Listen to yourself. It's hard to get out of the loop of evil. You sow what you reap. You reap what you sow. In fact, it is so hard to get out of this loop of evil that we cannot do it by ourselves. We must be delivered saved. Jesus has cut the loop of evil, of malice, and he invites us into his life, a new life, a life of goodness. To borrow a term from our current COVID crisis We're all super-spreaders. We either spread evil, violence, lies, and harm, or we spread goodness and peace and love and gentleness. What are you spreading? In which of these loops do you find yourself living much of your life? What's dominating you right now? Well, now to the second answer that this passage gives us to the question. What happens when goodness flourishes? First, it creates more goodness. But now second, you suffer. You suffer for doing good. Get used to it. Verse 13, I think, is almost funny. It starts out saying, well, who's going to harm you if you are eager to do good? The implied answer seems to be, if you don't hurt anyone else, no one else will hurt you. But the rest of the passage is about how often when you do good, you suffer. If you do what is truly good, In your relationships, in your business, as a church, as a neighborhood, you will probably pay a price. You will suffer. You will be misunderstood. You will lose something. You will be falsely accused maybe even physically harmed. Peter says, guess what? You're in good company. Verse 18, for Christ also suffered. And as Jesus ends the Beatitudes, he says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad for great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you we're in such sweet company when we suffer for doing good And that makes our suffering something that we can endure. I believe that there are two things that make suffering unbearable, too much to endure suffering with no purpose, and suffering alone. Peter's good news of the gospel today is that when we suffer for doing good, we suffer for a purpose, as a part of a grander purpose, a grander movement in history. Our suffering, Paul says, is momentary and feeds into God's redemption plan which in the day of days will finally extinguish this loop of evil and suffuse it with goodness and light. And when we suffer for doing good, we do not suffer alone. We're in such good company. with Jesus, the prophets, the saints of old, and the saint who lives right down the street or right down the hallway from you. Are you flourishing in your life? Are you living in this loop of goodness Have you heard Jesus say to you, you personally? This is who you are. This is your calling. I close with the words of Jesus Peace be with you. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. peace be with you. Amen. Shall we pray? O oh Lord, deliver us from evil and into your life of goodness and light. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's sermon podcast.